you can learn how to swim through a book. You can learn the principles of it, but you actually don't learn how to swim until you're in the water. So you're going to be taking on water. You're going to be having these moments of I'm absolutely dying here until you figure it out. So what we're saying is to count very carefully at the cost that when you are in the water, it's going to be panicky. It's going to be hard for a while. I'm not saying that you can't do it, but we're also trying to encourage people to think about it, that it might not be for you. And there's still other ways that you can grow and continue to max yep. out your potential in different ways. It doesn't look like it does for everybody else. Coming at you from the City of Roses, this is a broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we are bringing you a replay. Replay of what, Paul? Well, this is a replay of us on Shelby's podcast, Lash Boss Radio. Hopefully, you're listening to her podcast. It's an exceptional podcast. She does a great job, and she's a long-term friend. I mean, really, we both started at the same time. I think we beat her by maybe a month or two. But that said, she's OG like us in this industry as far as you know, podcasting goes. And we're excited to be on her show where we actually came on and talked about what are your options once you're busy as a lash artist, what are your options? What can you do? I mean, most of you probably think, well, maybe I should own my own lash product line. Or maybe I should become a trainer, right? And we go into that. We talk about some of those options. And also we talk about the downsides, like some of the things that maybe you haven't thought about. But then we also just go on to talk about some of the good things. What are some other options, things that you might be able to do in this industry? It's not just training and products, guys. There's so many more options out there. And hopefully, maybe you'll get a little inspired by this and decide to go out there and make a difference and try something new. And if you do that, by the way, please let us know. Reach out to me, DM me, say, hey, you know what? I'm trying something new. And you know what? Maybe we'll bring you on the podcast. How about that? All right. Before we get into that, though, let's do our announcements. We're excited right now. We're doing a little giveaway. Uh, right now, we're asking for you to write us a review. So write that review on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it, post it on Instagram, and tag us. And when you do, at the end of the month in August, we're going to do a little giveaway. We're going to give away the rest of our webinars for free to you. And we're going to give out multiples. So don't feel like you're just only one winner. We're going to pick a bunch of winners. And we may even throw in some freebies in there. I don't know what yet, but we're, we're working on stuff. Also, we also have, we want to encourage you guys, if you do any TikTok or Reels that share any things you've learned from us, please make sure you tag us so that we can promote you and get you more followers by taking you and be a collaborator on that. Okay, so make sure you, you, if you don't know how to do it yet, just type in Google how to collaborate on Instagram and they'll share how you do that. Also, the last content gets, well, guess what, guys? We're under 40. That's, we're getting close. And there's a price increase at the end of this month. And also, our payment plan is going to change. Right now, you have four months. So you can pay 25% down now and take three more months to make the rest of the payments before LashCon. But we are going to change that probably to the three-month payment plan, which means you got to pay one-third up starting in August. So this is your last month, guys, where you get to pay the lowest price, get the easiest payment plan. So go do that today before they're all gone. Also, testing these last retention course. We're going to be in Indianapolis. We're giving $200 off for that class, August 6th and 7th, and there's still a few seats left, so go sign up for that today. Otherwise, you can catch us in August, um, late August in, in um, Las Vegas, 
August 27th, 28th, October 15th, 16th in Washington, November 19th, 20th in Boston, and December 3rd and 4th in Los Angeles. And if you go to the show notes, you'll get more details there. All right, that's all the announcements I have for you. So what we're going to do now is we're going to have Shelby sit down and interview us about where your options are in this industry once you get busy as a lash artist. Welcome. Hey, Thank we're you. so excited to be here. This is the coolest setup. This is the coolest. I feel like I'm a like a Hollywood star now. Oh, yes, I know. Yeah. And we're not in Hollywood. Moment. We're in Texas. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I'm so happy to be doing this in person. The last time we recorded in person was actually a few years ago, I guess, with IBS. Yes, <laughs> that was three years ago. And we came up with this idea to do, we'll do podcasting at IBS in our booth and there'll be people watching <laughs> and uh, no one watched. We literally, so literally we we set up, ourselves. We're like, just like people are walking by. I know. And, you know yeah, I think going. it was hard because they were like, do I interrupt? Yeah. They're yeah, <laughs> literally yeah. recording. <laughs> yeah. Can I jump into the talk conversation? No, it didn't. It didn't work yeah. out that way. I mean, it was still fun. I mean, we yeah. had a blast. We had Tara and we kind of are, are, are or what we call it, the triple cast, yeah. power cast. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, the mega, mega cast. cast. Mega cast. It's yes. like mega, mega, mega cast. Mega, mega cast. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. No, so here yeah. we are again. Yeah, so thank you guys. Yeah. Today, we're mainly talking about just basically the different places that you can go in the industry. Like the next step. What, yes. what to do after you've kind of got your groove down with lashing, you're like, okay, what's the next mountain I can conquer, right? Yeah. So you guys have owned a salon before, and y'all owned one for thir- 13 years. years. Yeah, 13 years. Hard to believe. It's been closed for three, by the way. So that means that shows how ancient and old, and we're just dinosaurs. Like we've no. been around forever. No. Can you share a little bit about that part of your journey and then why you think so many people gravitate towards that being the next step? Yeah. Well, I started out just like a lot of lash artists solo. You know, at first I was going to people's houses because they didn't have a space. Then I got my own little studio and I started getting really busy and I thought, well, I definitely need help because I can't do all this myself. So I started hiring people and I had two people in this tiny little room. And then I I thought, I'm bursting at the seams here. I've got to move to a larger space. I moved to a larger space. And you couldn't afford, by the way. I couldn't afford it. But I didn't (laughs) know how to read a a profit and loss sheet. I just felt like. You just looked at the, a lot of people do this. You look at your bank account and go, I got money. All right, I guess I'll I guess spend I'll all of it yeah. without mm-hmm. thinking, wait a minute, some of that money's already been committed to that or this, but yeah, right. it's okay. You live by your checkbook. Yeah, so I thought, okay, so I'm going to get this big place, and I did, and I was like, oh, no, I really can't afford this. And, and so we I- actually had to go to my dad and ask for money because we couldn't <laughs> the, afford it. The We're, walk of it was shame. Like, it was like, okay, we overextended. Actually, I think this is one of the few times I was right, and I was like, I don't think we should do this. And I'm you're like, like I'm, I'm doing the, it. I know. I, I just know. I, I'm going to work so hard. I, but I was so determined. I really felt right. I was like, I, there's nothing can stop my determination. Yeah. And I had all the right attitude, but there was just no way that I was going to be able to make it work. But you were naive. You didn't know. I didn't know what didn't I didn't know. know. Then the salon starts getting bigger. There's lots. I, you know, I don't quite know what I'm doing. I'm just. I'm still behind the chair, so I'm working on clients. And the people that I was looking for, I just wanted people that were already like dynamos that had a personality, and I didn't really invest in them that much because they were doing well on their own. So what I realized was that they were building their own business within my business, but I didn't have any way to fix it or encourage them because I was still behind the chair. So at that point, I asked Paul, I said, I need some help. Mm-hmm. So I came in. And I think the big thing for you to realize is what I think some last artists should realize before you decide to go out and hire, 
you need to max out what you're charging. My dad warned us. I, I remember he and my dad's in this conversation a lot, actually. But I remember going to him and saying, we're going to hire someone. And he kind of like, are you sure? Do you really want to hire someone? Because once yeah. you start hiring, that's when the suffering begins, right? That's like, when all the troubles begin. I did not have ears to hear it. No, I was just really. like, he I know. believe right. in us. Really should have. Yeah, he didn't believe he in us. That's really, right. really smart man. I mean, he was an engineer. He actually could have been a, a CTO or chief technical officer in his own companies that he worked at. But he always turned down those promotions because he liked doing the engineering. He liked designing stuff. And a lot of times, I think last year, I just don't realize that when you move away from working as a once you hire, you got to stop lashing. You got to stop doing the very thing that you love and were made to do and put onto this earth. And so you have to realize you're going to be a manager. You're going to be a leader. You're going to be working with people. And that may not be as much fun as doing lashes and making women feel beautiful and powerful and all that. So you don't know either, by the way. You don't know until you try it, but you just be aware that it may not be all you think it's going to be. So his dad always turned down managerial yeah. opportunities and promotions. because well, He did early try them and then he turned them down because he realized he hated it. And he's like, I just want to build the technology. I want to engineer. Yeah, he wants to design stuff. And I think for lash artists who are thinking about that next step are going to be like, well, the next step is salon ownership. And it's like, well, maybe not. I mean, maybe you should see first, just maximize what you can charge. When you are the most expensive person in your near community, Okay, now maybe you can think about, because one, you have a lot more money, a lot more play in your budget, because you've maybe instead of being that everyone in your neighborhood's $100 for a new set and you're like $300. Well, you, you have a little bit more revenue in your pocket, back pocket. Hopefully you saved up a war chest so you, once you do hire, you can take hits financially because you're now responsible for other people's income and you can't just say, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. I'm not going to pay you. <laughs> I think a lot of people underestimate how much it costs to bring someone on and onboard them and train them during that time mm -hmm. because- your name is now tied to this other person who doesn't have maybe the same training as you. And if you don't have an understanding of like how much hours cost, right, then yeah. you actually have no idea. You're losing thousands of dollars very quickly. Yeah. You're so right on. When you're onboarding somebody, like I remember not even considering it. Like I just assumed they knew what I knew, right? And the only reason why we recognized this wasn't was when we'd run into problems. For example, something would happen in the room. The client would complain about something. Like, for example, the client would say, my lash artist told me that I was going to get an infection after the third time. Mm. What is she talking about? And we'd be like, oh, no. Wow. We said after the third time, if you're allergic, you might have a reaction. But it wasn't trained well into the staff member. So she was saying, you'll get an infection after three, three times. It's like, freaking okay, no. Out. I have to make sure that they really understand what the consult is. Or another problem would be there was an issue that they were never prepared to handle in the room. And they reacted only the way that they thought was best. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the right thing to say or yeah. to do, but we couldn't get mad at the staff member because we'd never told them. Mm -hmm. I mean, what the saying is, I think, is that people only go to the, to lowest. the lowest level of their training. If you've only trained them at this real base level, don't expect them to be like you and be able to improvise and work out of this high level because they don't know any better. Another thing I think people forget is that when you hire someone, they're going to be like you. They're not. No one's going to work harder than you. It's your business, all right? And you just have to accept that. That's just life. You will be your hardest worker, employee, working employee. So 
what you have to realize, you need to then spend the time to equip and train those people. And if you don't, like you said, onboarding, no one has a clue. I actually, I remember when I was hiring people, I was asking like, what was it like when you went onto the place you got hired by? And they'd be like, I just got put in a room and started lashing. I'm Mm -hmm. like, but were you trained? Were you evaluated? Were you kind of give set up? No, what do you mean? What's that look like? I said, well, that's gonna be different here. We're gonna like spend the next two, three months teaching you everything you need to know about lashing and helping you to feel equipped, but both culturally and lashing wise. And it was a long process and it cost us a ton of money. Yes. Yeah. One of the things, let me just share this little anecdotal. We had a certain way that we folded towels, right? They got Mm -hmm. stacked in the shelf in a certain way and they had to be folded that way because we would also use these towels for facials. And if you didn't fold them right, they wouldn't do like a barber wrap when you unwrapped them. And I remember getting really frustrated and really mad that the new people, they're not folding it right. And I was complaining to him and he's like, Tess, did you show them? No. They should just know what I want. And I'm like, oh, now I really have to show that. We have to actually have a trained I can't just assume that all that stuff, this is how we fold towels. Mm-hmm. Something so How to clean your like room. That. How to ch- actually say goodbye to a guest. You think everyone yeah. knows how to say goodbye to a guest? Well, some just like say, okay, you're done. And they get off the bed and they're like, the client's like, what do I do? They're like, oh, you need, you know, you'll just let kick them out of the bed, you have to walk them out to the table. How do you exchange them to the front desk? And so the front desk can take them, walk them through the checkout process. All that has to be taught. We didn't tell people at first. And what we would see happen was the client would be waiting in the waiting area, you know, after being greeted. The lash artist would come in and out, going to the bathroom, just in a hurry, not looking at anybody else, you know. And then the lash artist would come out and be like, Hi, I'm your lash artist. And it's like you weren't friendly that whole time. And it's Uh, like the worst. You know, all of a sudden, no. So we had to be like, okay, when you are on the floor, you are on. You are on stage. And it's like we also had the 10 4 rule. Do you want to share what the 10 4 rule is? The 10 4 rule, when you saw someone 10 feet feet away, away, you'd have to acknowledge it. Like smile, nod. When they're four feet away, you have to say something like, welcome, hi. That's a good one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you have to say hello. Like, no more walking through the lobby. Right by your client who you don't yes. know because they're new. Yes. And you're like just being a kind of almost like you look really snotty. and You look uh, angry. Because angry. Like, you know, you're going to the bathroom. You've, you've only got a few minutes to get your stuff done. Like I get it. Yeah, but you can't be like the client doesn't know that. They're just like, man, my last hour is really cold and really off-putting. And I don't know if I want to see her again. Like it doesn't matter. You can't make up that first impression afterwards. So yeah, 10-4, I remember really liked it because all of a sudden now you saw people making eye contact, at least smile at someone, they look at you. Yeah, yeah. also have to train them. Like if you're head on walking opposite paths of your client, we taught the staff, you step aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You step aside and you let them go because otherwise you're like fighting, you know. And, and you do a motion like after you. After just, you. Yeah, we actually saw that at a restaurant. We saw every time we went in this restaurant, the restaurant, they would pull aside and they would just step away We're and like, say. We're like, wow, we love that. We're going to take that so, one. Yeah, so. we take that one and we, we our staff started doing that. Just let people through. Because I know you're stressed because you have to get to the bathroom. You have to get something to eat. You have to set your station. But. At the same time, the client doesn't understand that. Mm-hmm. So, you, again, this only comes from training. And I exactly. Think, yeah. Like, even whenever they first walk in the door, I always use the example of, like, in a restaurant when the hostess is just staring at the people who just walked in. Yeah. It's the walk of shame. Like. Yeah. yeah. I hate that. And then you feel awkward. You're like, hello. Um, it's just the two of us yeah. would like a table. It's so easy to just say hello. Yeah. Would you like to dine in tonight? So it's the same thing. Like you need to greet them immediately so that they don't even have that split second yeah. of anxiety or yeah. uncomfortable or un- don't know they're where they are type mm-hmm. of feeling. Mm-hmm. 
So all of those little tiny things add up to the overall feeling of the experience that the person has. These little things. Absolutely. And you, and yeah. you have to train them. And you, and it's like when you first start, you, you're you really not aware of it. And yes. so those costs, if you don't plan on it, they can really eat up. And then if you don't do it right and somebody leaves, it can be a loss. So that is a really good reason to have a little bit of a war chest or a little bit of a nest egg so you're not panicking right. like we were. And we're like, oh, now I have to get renters just to be able to pay the bills. You yeah, know? she started when we first expanded. She had to just get renters because mm-hmm. she had no, didn't know what to do. It's like, I can't train people. I don't even ha- barely know. She still was young in her career. So we just got some, we had a doctor rent a place. Two doctors, we had, yeah. And, it, <laughs> and was, it was a disaster. It was like I mean, horrible. it was, they, was, they were professional, but it wasn't. Uh, one like, of them wasn't. No, one was like Lily, like I think she, certified crazy, but that's. <laughs> and it's not even the training cost. It's also if. If you can't get them trained fast enough, your client retention goes down, which yeah. also costs you money. So yeah. so many things you lose involved. Clients, you have to get new clients and yeah. replace those clients. It's and, a, yeah. and it can be done and it can be profitable salon ownership, yeah. but it does take a lot. And it also takes a lot from the actual owner to be a good leader and understand all the different facets of everything. Because a yeah. lot of times we hear even the way people talk about salon ownership, and I used to do it often, just feel like this is the worst, you know, (laughs) and it's not, it just takes a lot of self-awareness and then realizing actually it is my fault. It's not their fault. It is a quickening process where you actually become a good owner because Mm -hmm. you recognize at first you go through a stage where like, I can't believe how dumb people are. (laughs) You know, I can't believe that they don't know this. And it's like, no, that's really my fault because I didn't tell them. They're not dumb. And I used to think it was a mar- um, badge of like how good I was that I couldn't leave. I had to, I had to be there mm. to make sure that it was running. That is not the badge of somebody who's a competent that you leader. you can't leave. <laughs> that is not a badge. I've not equipped yeah. my team to succeed on their own or think on their own. I have to be there to do all the big choices. And no, that's a bad, bad sign. I think for salon ownership, I, I think it's a great step. It can be. But you have to go in willing to be a learner. And you need to get some coaching, I really think. I mean, I know you, we both have been coached with strategies. That changes everything, right? Because now they have a template. They've done this a thousand times. They're going to help you find all the things that you shouldn't do in your business and cut those out. And then they're going to tell you all the things you should be doing, put those in. And all of a sudden, now things begin to work. Things begin to happen right. And all that anxiety goes away and all that. You know, there's going to be trouble. By the mm-hmm. way, anytime you have a salon with, with people, there's going to be trouble. But at least now you have tools on how to fix those problems versus I think when we first started with someone having like, I don't know what to do. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do we do? It's, you, like, it's like getting your first Yelp review. First yeah. of all, you freak oh, yeah. out. Yeah. You're just like, you can't. You I cry. Yeah. yeah. And then your family's like, shut up. We don't care about this anymore. But you're like really needing to process it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. So, <laughs> it's a great way to go. And it can be that next step for the right people. But I think first, max out your price. So you are the most expensive. Then really realize if you're ready to, to go work for yourself, be willing to stop lashing. Mm-hmm. Or at least really, it's not going to be lashing full time. I mean, how much do you do you don't lash anymore? I don't. Yeah. Well, I have a couple of celebrity clients that I'll see every once in a while, but they also will see others. Yeah. I just enjoy yeah. them a little. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't I don't regularly, but I can always jump in if there's an emergency. Fill a gap or something you know? like that. Can I just say that at LashCon, you always have me on the panel with the salon Team ownership. Based, yeah. And yes, that's what I meant. Yeah, strategies, strategies panel. yeah. yeah. And I always get this overwhelming sense of like, I just want you to know so badly all the (laughs) things I didn't know and you don't know. And I know you don't know it. I remember like this last time 
I came off and there was a bunch of people that owned salons and had a team. And they're like, yeah, but what about this? What about this? And I just was like, da, 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 da. Like, I just want to tell them everything. But it's such a vast amount of things you probably don't know unless you're working with a coach. And it doesn't have to be strategies. But it's so niche that it's – strategies is probably, I would say, the – best choice for someone who's a salon owner because there's coaching out there for other businesses but they don't understand the salon pain points they understand business pain points so they may be good at you getting better with your website or maybe your marketing or your branding but they don't know the specific pain Pain points points that salon owners Mm -hmm. go through which is very unique and Mm -hmm. you know that desire that you have i mean we had that too i just remember you like downloading on people but part of it is that sense that you don't know yet. And I remember being told, people telling me, oh, it's going to be really hard for you to still keep lashing. And I thought to myself, just like I thought with you know, the finances, I can do it because I have determination. So no matter what, it's going to yeah. be different for me because I'm a go-getter. I'm like going <laughs> to... And I remember coming to this realization, like after doing the salon thing for several years and lashing full time, because I was so determined to make it happen... We'd get home after eight hours of lashing and Paul would say, okay, now you have to prepare for your reviews for all the staff. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And then, you know, (laughs) thinking the next day I could just relax. He's like, now you have to prepare for the training. So it was actually like I was doing two jobs and it wasn't 40 hours a week. It was like 80 hours a week. And then I realized at that point what it was costing me and realizing I couldn't do both things and do them well. Right. Because I'm sure that felt just so heavy and like you couldn't even be your best self or show up for your team yeah I couldn't show and it would come out of something so basically the house just was a disaster Mm. we weren't eating well we were just barely hanging by the house I mean we just there was no time there was no time on the weekends it was just survival and living like that for so long takes so much out of you something has to give. So we realized either have to build another team or something's got to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We always say we can outwork people and I still believe we can. We're pretty good at working and grinding. Are, but um, on another level. Yeah, but still at the same time, there is a breaking point. There is a point where you can't keep up. And I think realizing like for her, that's why she brought me on. That really helped. And I think if you want to be a salon owner, you need to realize that at some point you're going to have to either hire someone else to be that manager so that you can still pursue what you love or let it go and be okay with it and move into that new leadership role. Then you have to learn a new skill. By the way, being a leader now isn't natural. You're not like born a leader. I don't believe in this phrase, natural born leaders. I believe you learn how to lead. Now, some people pick it up easier, just like lashing. Like some people pick up tweezers and like a week later, like how did they do that in like a week? And there's other ones that take a year or two to just get or they're decent. Leadership's the same way. But it isn't something you just fall into. You actually learn. And I think most of the time in the beginning, probably you felt the same way, the hard way. You just get grinded and you're just like, oh, I think I'll do this. And you find, oh, no, that was a horrible way to lead. Yeah. Everyone bit you after you said that. Or you, you said, I'm going to show them. I'm going to go to that meeting. I'm going to kick their ass. And you find out kicking their ass just makes everyone cry. Yeah. <laughs> and then they all quit the next day. And you're like, oh, my gosh, my okay. whole team quit. And I thought I was kicking their ass, you know? Note to self. Yeah, note to self. Work. That doesn't work in motivating yeah. people. Like yeah. you think you're going back to military or something like that at school. So you learn. You try ways of doing things. I, I remember thinking when we started picking, getting clients 
our new team members, we were going, oh, we're going to be the cheerleaders, man. We're just going to believe in them and just no matter be so what, excited. We're just going to be, you know, a, a and, million chances and because and, 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 they're yeah. going to see how much we believe in them and they're going to rise up to it. Yeah. And then the, the more that we cheered and the more we changed things, the more scared they got. Didn't matter how much I believed in them. I kept changing things, kept trying new things on them. That was like so unstable of a business. Like, oh my gosh, every week Paul's a new idea that he wants to implement. So that wasn't exactly working either. So yeah, you just, you find as you get into it, like, okay, they need stability. They need strength. They need someone who's rational. They mm -hmm. need someone who's really honest though, too, and, and transparent without the point where you're saying, by the way, guys, I don't know if I can pay payroll next week. No, you'll tell your team that. That will cause everyone to jump and bail ship. So there's lots of things you learn as you go, but that's not natural either. So if you're going to go into the salon ownership, just realize it's a long road and it's a bigger picture. It's going to take years of working through it. And and I always love, I meet these new salon owners and they're like, oh, I love being a salon owner. I'm like, how long have you been a salon owner? I go, six months. I'm like, you're just not even into it yet. You're in, you're in the honeymoon phase. You're just like we would never say that to somebody, but we, you know, but the, you just know in your you head. You're know. like, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, by yeah. the way, it's okay to love it right now. It's okay to be excited, but they haven't been burned yet. They haven't really gone through those pain points. And then you see some people, sadly, who a year ago or three, four years ago had a salon, and all of a sudden now. Not, Things have not gone where they want, and they're you know, see the they kicking their step is not there, or you know, or things have happened, and I feel bad. I because really feel bad. It, it costs you. It beats you up so badly. It like leaves marks on your body. It you know, it scars. It, it comes out of your soul. Like yeah. it comes out of you. And I guess we're not trying to discourage people, but we're trying to say, look, you can learn how to swim through a book, kind of. You can learn the principles of it, but you actually don't learn how to swim until you're in the water. Yeah. yeah. And so you're going to be taking on water. You're going to be having these moments of I'm absolutely dying here until you figure it out. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying is to count very carefully at the cost that when you are in the water, it's going to be panicky. It's going to be hard for a while. I'm not saying that you can't do it. Yeah. But we're also trying to encourage people to think about it that it might not be for you and there's still other ways that you can grow and continue to max yep. out your potential in different ways it doesn't look like it does for everybody else right so there's other avenues yeah you don't have to do salon ownership so let's say somebody has gotten to the point where they have raised their prices and they're the premium place uh to get lashes in their city what other options are there we mm -hmm. we've talked about like three main ones that yeah. most people go to the three i mean obviously salon i think a lot of people think about also i think product lines and training and yeah. everyone loves training because they go oh my gosh i get paid 10 15 000, 20 000 for a training like they look at elena and they're like that gal makes like 20 30 grand just for two days work <laughs> i'll sign up for that any day the problem they don't realize is that that didn't happen overnight. Atlanta didn't become that type of trainer just overnight. And by the way, there, there are not going to be like 80,000 trainers like Elena. There's just not. I mean, there is a pecking order. There is, well, I believe there's enough eyeballs and lashing and there's enough students the out there. The pie is big enough. The pie is big enough, but there's only going to be really one or two Elenas in the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you got to set your sights on something more realistic, I think. And mm -hmm. hey, man, be the go-getter. Aim to be the next Elena. Be the next Alona. But do it your way. But, you don't have to do it the way she did it, yeah. you know? But at the same time, realize that you got to be thinking long term, three, well, five, six years. Something people may not know is that Elena and Ilona and similars yeah. have been in this for Damn. a decade yeah. and then some um, or had previous business experience also. Exactly. Um, and a lot of times people think that like they just came on the map 
few and, years ago. Yeah, like, and start charging oh, oh, yeah, like $3,000 yeah. for they a thing. They look at that and they think, why am I not doing that? Mm-hmm. Or someone like Trina, who has this huge background with marketing yeah. and branding, and she knows that like probably as good she knows lashing. Yeah. And they don't realize well, that's why when she came on the scene, people were like, what is this? It's beautiful. It looks amazing. And she just was really good and savvy at selling herself. So her brand blew up as a result of that. I think also people learn like the basics, the foundations of lashing. They're classic and they're volume. They want to learn more specialized things that a expert in that, you know, that's who you seek out. So like your class, you teach a styling and retention course. Mm -hmm. That's not super common. Yeah. It's not. And the technique that you actually teach isn't super common. No, it's like brutally hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then people come out of that class and they're like, I learned so much, yada, yada. And then people are interested in that. And then you have like Glitz. Uh, is it Glitz Lash Studio or something with uh, yeah. the peaks and. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, wet, you know, the strip, the strip lash, lash. Yes. And then Maven did with her face studies yes. course. Layer Slayer. Right. Yeah, Allie with Layer Slayer. yes, exactly. And that's why I think today, if you want to go into training, the days of saying, I'm going to teach classic, I'm going to teach volume, mega volume, there are so many people already doing it. You know, Lashbox LA kind of owns the the mega volume training, right? Borbola has a great, you know, train for classic and volume, and probably mega volume too. Live Bay has their five-day class where they teach you everything, right? They already have these big brands, and they can pump that out because they have like, 80 trainers and that work for them. they've been doing it for a while. They've, they've been got doing got a really... Yeah, they, they have their niche. And I almost encourage people, hey, I wish I'd go learn. Go go learn with Lash Affair or go learn with EBL or go... Because these companies have been doing it for eight, nine, ten years. Now, though, if you want to be a trainer, you need to niche down. You need to find a more unique angle. Find what you're really good at and then say, I'm going to teach that. Because exactly. that's what where we knew this was going was because the hair world was like this. Right? Like you go to get your hair, become a hairstylist, do you just learn, like, are there trainers going around the country going, I want to teach you how to cut hair? No, no, they're not teaching you how to cut hair. You already learned that when you went to beauty school. school. So they're going to teach you a new layering technique or a new way to do balayage or a new this. And they're going to just give you a new spin on something. And that's why a one or two day class is okay yes. because it's just a technique. It's not the whole, the whole yeah, tech, you know, the whole shebang. shebang. So <laughs> I think for us, that's why we dug down into retention because that was always her big selling point. Her clients go four weeks between appointments. Most clients go two, three weeks. So for us, we say, well, let's teach others how to do that. And so that's really begin to take off in a nice way. And we'll continue to do that. And I want, if you're thinking about training, you have to find what do you do that makes you unique? I've yet to see anyone do this. Why isn't someone really teaching customer service? Like mm. how to give the most amazing out of this world customer experience. No one's teaching that in this industry. We have other people teaching styling Maven, and I know uh, Ali does, but man, it'd be really cool to someone go into that angle. Or what about re- selling? Like nobody's really talking about yeah. how to upsell or even how to, how to strategize and, and pick up a consumer line for your salon. Yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about professional products. I'm talking about retail like, stuff. Retail. Yeah, if, if just look at your business and go, man, you know what? I'm actually a really good salesperson. Hmm. I get everyone to buy something for me. Every client walks out with some product. You should teach that. Right. Like create that webinar, see what you can do. You have to learn about that. It's a whole new skill, by the way, to learn how to do webinars yeah. and all market okay. yourself. And then do a live class. Come to LashCon and learn from other people doing that. See what they're doing. 
copy, steal from them in a kind way. Not steal their stuff. No, just their <laughs> style, the way they do it. Learn from them and then make it your own. Twist it, tank it, reshape it. Make you have it to what make you it do. your own. And, and then you'll find your niche and what you're mm-hmm. doing. And I think training, we need to see, and we're seeing it already, but more and more people coming out with just their own unique kind of flair on things because mm-hmm. that is going to be exciting for our industry because now we're, we're getting super creative because people who are thinking outside the box because in the old days, back eight years ago, there was only one way of lashing. There's only one way of everything. And then really volume shows up and then then the cat's out of the bag. Now there's all these new ideas and ways of approaching lashing. Well, lashing has been relatively new and now it's starting to mature. It's it's getting close to being around for at least, well, 20 Almost years. Two 17, decades. 17, yeah, 18 decades. years. Okay. Yeah. If you go to a hair show or a beauty show, you see other ancillary businesses designed to support the beauty professional, the yep. hairdresser. And so you're beginning to see this now. For example, Milena for Lash Happy, one of her first products was a... Um, lash wrap. The lash wrap, right? Yeah. And that was designed to, to meet a pain point for lash artists. And so she began to... She had a great idea and she created this little wrap that you know would help people that like to do her techniques speed up faster and make it more ergonomic. You see that with beauty and hairdressing and now you're seeing it with lashes. And what we're trying to say is that there's opportunities for you because it's such a new industry... If you see a pain point, if you see a need that you know how to be met, it's a perfect time to go into that direction. It doesn't necessarily have to be opening a salon or developing a product line. And that's what we would love to see more in the industry is people reaching out and finding what I would say, take their passion and then take their lashing. So I have a rhyme here. Oh, and God. you combine like, the two, right? thing to say. Yeah, I, I, I would <laughs> say this cheesy thing. But some of us have our, okay, we're really good lash artists. We're really good. But man, you know what I really love? I really love this. Actually, mm-hmm. I'll give you a few examples. One was Milena. It's perfect. Another one is Natalia over at Beauty Factor. What's her passion? Events. She, events. Guess yeah. what she's done? She took lashing and she took events and combined and made Beauty Factor. I mean, that's what I did with Lash, uh, Lash Boss. I stole your thing. LashCon. <laughs> I have a background in events too. And I, I remember doing testing. Why aren't we doing events? I love producing stuff. And she said, why don't we just do one for business? No one's doing a business conference in our industry. So that's why I started doing that. I look at Mary uh, Harcourt over at Cosmoglobe. She, her husband has a background in manufacturing and she has uh, saw a huge need. She saw lights. I just so brag on Mary. She took my class. She was yeah, one way, of my first yeah. students, and um, we were very specific <laughs> about getting the lights. You know, because it goes all are all us. Yes, I've yeah, got, I got yeah, it. Right. But I'm just so <laughs> proud of her. And the lights that we told her to get were the best that we knew of, but they weren't that great. Yeah. And she did something about it, so yeah. she developed something else. And so now so, everyone has everyone. It is it's the best. It's the gold standard. Yeah. The students that are coming out of Lash Boss University are now buying them, yeah. and it's crazy because. Back in the day, nobody hears about, like, the the cooler stuff in the industry. Like, especially when they're in school, they are given, like, these crappy kits yeah. and, yeah. you know, for, just, yeah. <laughs> um, and nowadays, yeah, I'm actually trying to change that. Like, yeah. the, the lash industry, especially in Texas, is the only thing I can help shape, but... <laughs> You can go to school and get a quality education and use quality products in your kit and explore with different brands. And, um, yeah, so anyway. Yeah, there's. I guess one other person I want to give a shout-out is you think of Lorena from Dear Lash Love. She had a background. She went to Fitum, 
and she has a passion for clothing. And what she do? She says, well, we need some cute outfits for people. So she comes with this idea of cute shirts that f- or for lash artists so people have something to wear while they're at work. And she actually becomes this big influencer online showing people put a blazer on it. <laughs> yeah. Like, everything's always, put a blazer on All of a sudden you look cool and professional. And she does this really cool stuff. And all of a sudden her, she blows up because she takes her passion and then she takes lashing and puts it together. Yeah. I got another one that we what? didn't talk about. I just thought of. Oh, yeah? Fangirl Society. Yeah. She's a lash artist. Yes, she and is. then the husband, it, Pat, yeah. Pat, Pat yeah. had a um, uh, business for printing and, and um, making. Signs and any all that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so they come to LashCon and they do all of the our, 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 our stuff. And, uh, thank you. I can barely talk. And now they're offering the same service to us they did to all other lash artists. So you can, you know, as a lash artist, hire them to do T-shirts and bags and all Branding sorts of things. And Branding, all that. Yeah, yeah, signs, all that great stuff. So it, you can combine two things together to or I, make I mean, your I just own right thing. now, your lash admirer, Michelle, what happens with her? She's this great artist, but she's even a better t- or TikTok real creator. Like, she's the funniest oh person gosh, on Instagram. Michelle, the funniest. She, yeah. We laugh so hard, like, I'm peeing my pants almost. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling Paul yesterday, the one where she's like, I think it's a Rihanna song, the cheating one. Where yeah. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, look yeah, so yeah. dumb right now. With the clients like cheating on the yeah. artist. I'm yeah. like, wow. That was the first one I ever, ever saw of her. And I started following her after that. Yeah, we but hired everything her actually she to do makes. a couple of videos for LashCon just because she's They're good. so funny. And her yeah. facial expressions, oh. she goes all into it. It just makes me laugh so much. And guess what? Now she's going to go work with Alona over at Revelation. And I know. got hired to do that. Now full time, she's going to be doing social media. Because she's so good at it. Yep. So that's it's why awesome. I would love to see more industry where people are not just tied in like, I have to be a trainer, I have to be a salon owner, or I have to, to be a product line. line. By the way, product line guys, I don't know if we need any more product lines. I'm glad to have them because they come sponsor us. But just a side note, that's not an easy road either. If you either. do that, you have to be really niche. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still opportunity, but you have to you have to be solving somebody's problem. You have to become a, almost like a brand, like what Ali's done with Last Anarchist, where you identify with the brand or Cheryl with Untamed. I think it's common knowledge now in our industry that it's relatively all generic yeah, stuff. From um, China. <laughs> and it's more about, yeah, we still all need to use it, So, but we want to support a specific... Have you seen Jamie? He posted TikTok last night. It's so funny. He's yes. like a few days ago. The generic glass The generic glass, generic glass yeah. We've been working on our formula. Secret for, formula. So, We've been working on this for months. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just called it Valley Baba. <laughs> and yeah. we sell it for only one ninety nine. I mean, that's the price we get for nine ninety nine. Like you know, ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah. So I mean, it's so it's actually really true because I think you're right. People want to buy from companies that they believe in their values yeah. and, and their their branding and how they do things, not because they have the best products. Because truth well, that's is, what everybody says. Yeah. We have the best products. We have the best customer service, and it's like. Yeah. If ever, everybody says that, what makes your product unique? Yeah, mm-hmm. nothing. I mean, that's why Allie's unique. That's mm-hmm. why Cheryl's unique. That's why, or people like Live Bear, Lost Artistry, who give away so much information online and so much training and really to ask for nothing back that people just become loyal because they're like, I learned how to lash from Mike and Shauna. Mm-hmm. Or I learned to lash from um, up at Lost Artistry. Or I or any of these people. Or Blaze up there with um, her uh, Lash Evo. I know she's done a lot of stuff. So they're, they're, because they're giving so much to the industry, people just feel obligated to support them. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're going to separate yourself from your product line. And that's harder. I'm going to say, I think that's getting harder and harder to do. I yeah. think that's a 
market that's closing. I think the better thing to do long-term is trying to find another angle. And we do need more supporting businesses. We need more people think, what does our industry need and how can I help support it? That's going to be a, a niche that you can exploit. And always first to market is going to give you the biggest lion's share. Um, and yeah, you can do better. We have a, a friend who um, is a survivor of sexual abuse and she has created a, a special program for people who have gone through that kind of trauma as well. In the beauty industry. Yeah. Wait, I have heard of this. Is it called Behind the Mask or something? Um, what's the name of it? I don't, I don't know. I, I heard I think I heard of this of them, but, in the yeah. UK. Is it in the, the UK? No, this is no, US this based. Okay. US based one. There's not, something uh, like that in the UK because yeah. yeah. I went to I was speaking at a conference um near somewhere. <laughs> near somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Out there in the universe. <laughs> was, it, I think Birmingham? Okay. It was World Lash University. Okay. A few years ago. And somebody there is a behind the mask one. I, yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So same thing. Yeah. But yeah, is, that's amazing. And then that's yeah. where you can take your passion and now help people in our industry who need that help. I mean, there's not just things like, you know, abuse. There's millions of things. Like you have all these moms, right? Who are mm. trying to balance work, that's balancing their kids. That's market a huge right pain point there where women are feeling guilty, mom shame and all that stuff because they're not always there for their kids because they have to pay the bills, whatever. Or maybe they don't even feel like a real professional because they're doing it at home and they're yeah. really that you're not, you're, you're meeting people's needs. Actually, I yeah. know someone that I used to bartend with and she would put her kiddo to bed and then she would be like, I'm going, she, she was used to staying up late mm -hmm. because you, you get home at like three or four in the morning. Yeah. She would do lashes until 2 a.m. because her kiddo would go to sleep at like seven or eight. And then wow. she would do four hours of work on specific nights of the week. And I'm yeah. like, that is really smart. Yeah. Because there's moms also that need that too. Yeah. Or like. Maybe like let the mom be the place where like maybe you offer childcare possibly oh, or yeah, have a sitter or that somebody can. We that's definitely. We thought about this doing yeah. a salon that had a daycare center connected. I with thought the of salon. that too. Yeah. yeah, where moms can drop off their kids and there's the someone there to play and take care of them, engage them. The so school yeah. area was yeah. going to be that actually. Oh really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then that's I didn't. a need. That's definitely. <laughs> it I mean, totally is a need. And yes. I, I, now whether it would work, we don't know because no one's tried it. But that's where the, the fun in is. And I think, by the way, when we're talking about what we're going to do, you need to ask why you want to do it because some of these things aren't going to pay out well and you're going to get discouraged. And if your why is just, I want to make money or I want to be popular on Instagram, then you're going to be really crushed and disappointed because those things didn't happen. But if you're doing it because you enjoy the journey, mm -hmm. you enjoy the challenge, you like being creative, you like working with people, coming with new ideas and just testing things out, then the joy is going to be really high because it's not about the money. It's about doing the work. Yeah. And always, we like to always say, do good work and the money will follow. So stop focusing on the money. Some people, I think, just want to do something because I want to go be a, a trainer because I can make $20,000 on a weekend and then it doesn't happen right away. And like, this sucks, man. I hate being a trainer. It doesn't, the money's not, it's like, well, you know what? Because you did it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. You're just doing it for the money. Money is not going to do it. I mean, a lot of times I've heard people challenge people say, hey, if money was an issue, what would you want to do? I think it's a great question because a lot of us would be like, well, I don't want to be a trainer. I, I just like doing this or that, or whatever it is that your passion is. It's like, then why don't you do that? You actually are creating a little bit of resentment whenever it's about the money because you know, like, you have to do it. Yeah. And it's this slight feeling of, like, in the background of just, like, I actually am not happy. That's mm -hmm. actually going to 
come forward and uh, one day yeah, yeah one day yeah. while you're working things don't happen you'll have that meltdown everyone's like what the hell <laughs> what the it's hell? like what the hell uh, <laughs> but never mind it's an inside <laughs> joke but anyhow but yeah you name. will go i think resentment is totally will be the re end result of money is only that's driving or fame uh -huh. i know some uh -huh. people just want to be insta famous or really known they want to be on the stage at last con or last boss conferences or whatever they think that's all they need and if once they get there they'll be happy and, and i'm going to promise you 100 you will not be happy if you get that that mm -hmm. will be a momentary blip of joy and then reality will come in and like wait well that Okay, that's over. So mm -hmm. what's next? Mm -hmm. What now? I have to speak at the White House, or I have to find something <laughs> even bigger to go for. It's like no, no, no. You need to learn to pursue your passion, and then you'll find that joy because you're doing what you were made to do. Like you found what your calling card is, and it might be being a speaker, it might be being a trainer, it might be those things. But you won't know until you try. And that's another thing. I just I guess just to say, I know we're probably getting late here, but be willing to try different things. You don't know what you're like. Our kids, when they were young, I made them do everything. They played sports. They did music. They did tumbling. They, they did, did tap dancing. Tap, I mean, they, they did sewing. We rolled them out. And even our son. Three quarters of the things they hated. And after a while, like, no, yeah, you're right. You suck at that. That's okay. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> but I want them to experience things because then they could find what they yeah. really love as opposed to just picking one thing and digging deep and saying, well, I'm just doing it because I want to make a lot of money. And then uh, it's not that lot of fun. Yeah. As a mom, I always say trying is free. Yeah. Trying on is free. Asking is free. That's great. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> can we talk about LashCon oh, yeah. a little yes. bit? You guys are killing it. Currently, y'all sold out your VIP tickets in less than a day. Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought? I mean, literally, I yeah, complete surprise. Yes, yeah. and y'all are more than halfway sold out already yeah, in the first like how long have it's been, it's been a week? week? A yeah. week from tomorrow, actually. Yeah, so we, it'll be less we than a week. We never wanted to be the kind of marketing where we're like fear based, mm -hmm. like pushing, like, oh, we're almost sold out when we're really not. Yeah, that's a big trick, guys. People love to use scarcity marketing as a thing to say, oh, we're going to sell out. And they have like 10 trillion. Uh, like, I always think webinars, you see someone, our webinars almost sold out. I'm like, wait, how's a webinar sell out? You can literally have a thousand people in the room for a <laughs> webinar. What do you mean you're almost sold out for your webinar? Unless it's like a one on one type thing. I, that's, that's fear marketing. And we, really try our best not to do that but we you know because we don't want to lose credibility yeah if you still have tons of tickets at the end and you've been saying that you've almost sold out from the beginning for five months <laughs> that's not you know people can figure that out yeah right? but that said this was true we didn't really see it coming we sold uh basically it was almost 200 tickets uh, i was like 200 tickets in less, less than 24 hours for the vip and now that that's done we still have standard tickets we have left. standard tickets we're sold about 60 percent of our total ticket amount so in less than a week so that was a shock we didn't see that coming and i think we will be sold out in a month or two that's very feasible can you speak to i mean somebody watching this they're gonna be like wow like yeah it's so cool right <laughs> yeah can you speak to all the things that came before, before that, that? Yeah. okay for three years i had to beg and just beg and work 80 hour weeks posting stuff, interacting with people, going in groups, going on Instagram lives, like with you, doing podcasts, anything I could do to get the word we out. We were thinking of contests. We did stuff like get your nails done and post the pictures. And we the did do that. We first did that. year. We did, yeah. you know, do your nails and post it online that says LashCon. Tag a bestie. We did everything. We tried all these things. It I emailed, like I think, or I DM'd over 200 influencers in the industry individually went through and wrote them and said, hey, I really like your work. I really love you to be part of LashCon. I'll give you a discounted ticket if you would promote LashCon. And I'd say only about 5% responded to my text. Most of them just 
didn't care. Some people would even get mad. Oh, yeah. Well, that because like, I feel like. Be and now, do you see a shift in? Wh- oh, yeah, what now, are they now, saying now? <laughs> now everyone's coming to us. I really need to be part of LashCon. I want to be a sponsor. Oh, I want to be a speaker. Yeah, they're all over the place, mm-hmm. stumbling over themselves. And I don't lord it over them like ha ha ha. We're now in the power. That's yeah. never the, our. That's not our DNA. But it does feel good. It took three LashCons to get to the fourth LashCon where things are now yeah. selling themselves. And I really, I mean, our first year. We had four months to sell tickets, and we ended up getting about less than 300 people at LashCon. Not all those were sold tickets because, obviously, we had speakers, we had volunteers, we had sponsors. But we sold, I think, 150 tickets or something, or 170 tickets. So that was good for our first year. Yeah. But, the man. The second year. Well, we had to cancel it first because COVID came. Because of COVID, right? And then, and then we, But we'd already taken deposits, and we'd already, taken, we'd already sold tickets. So we had to. Convert them. something. And um, what we ended up doing is we gave them two tickets for the price of one. You said you get – so we didn't have to deal with the refunds because we really didn't have the money because all of a sudden all of us couldn't work or make money. So all of a sudden I was looking at like, well, if we refund everyone, we'll be pretty much just on the street somewhere. So we said, let's do this. Everyone, if you have a ticket, you get this year's last con for free, which we went virtual. And next year, you can still get your ticket to 2020 or mm-hmm. 2021. So and that was a loss. 90% of the people said, you bet. That sounds great. And some people still want their money back because they, too, were in a bad place, like financially. Like, no, 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 no. We I can't. I, got, I can't pay my bills. I can't work now. I, I need all my money back. So we refunded those people. But, but the majority of people kept their ticket for both. And But still... It was a hustle. I mean, the virtual cl- – we, we didn't announce our virtual till I think, August, and it was in November. We had two months to sell tickets, but we still got 400. And then last year, we started in June, and it was in November, so we had five months to sell them, and we ended up with almost 500 people at the conference. But it was a grind. I, every day – just trying to find ways to get people excited about LashCon, to talk about LashCon, um, posting stuff, against speakers to promote it, which they none of them really want to promote it. Not against them. They just know that's hard for them. they got their own businesses they're doing. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, I now have to promote your company. Even brands and sponsors were a little like some were like, well, I don't really guys, like I don't really have the resources. I'm barely surviving as a brand. And now you're asking me to promote LashCon on top of that. So, and I get it. And I'm grateful when they give us any love or anything out there. But and, and but now we've made it actually part of the contract. I try to explain. I just need your help because it helps you. If more people are at LashCon, the more people you're going to sell to. So trust me, I don't ask for a lot, but just a few posts here and there yeah. help out. So yeah, it's taken a lot of time and energy. And I think for a lot of people in our industry, like anything, we all want to be at year five of our business when we're at year, our first month. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where uh, that discouragement comes from. I think anxiety um, depression, frustration, anger. And it's like, guys, you just have to be in for the long haul. Stop thinking one year, three years. You got to be thinking five, 10 years. I remember thinking with us when we started LashCon, I was like, we're not going to make any money for the first two years. Nothing. We literally made no money. All the money, what little profit we had went back into the conference. And then the third year, I finally paid myself a really small salary. Like I was like a beginning lash artist salary. That's why I paid myself. <laughs> it was pretty sad. So last year, I didn't get paid much. This year, finally, on our fourth year, I'll finally pull a salary out where I can pay myself and go, ah, I'm getting paid for my work. It's worth it. So anyone else is like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I'm going to go three years without making money? Yeah, if, if you believe in your vision and you believe in what you're doing and you know, understand that scale is where the money comes from, then you're going to have to make those sacrifices. And it might like building a salon, maybe mm-hmm. the same thing. Maybe the first couple of years you hire, you're the worst paid employee in your company. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you're working the hardest. And you're working mm-hmm. double. But if you build it right in year three, four, five, also now you can start paying yourself six digits. And you're like, oh, 
I can finally pay myself what I'm worth, but that's the sacrifice you gotta be willing to make. And I don't think everyone understands that that's what you gotta do. You gotta give up a lot to get where you wanna be. It's, For sure. It doesn't happen by, you know, I hate to say it, but where you just mag, or what was it? Manifest. No, manifest. If I just manifest it, what happens? Like, you know, if a thousand people all manifest the same thing, is it all thousand people are gonna get it? No, they're not. The ones who actually do, and grind. the ones and grind, the ones who sacrifice, those are the ones who are going to manifest the reality. And everyone else is going to be sitting in their room going, I manifested and it didn't happen for me. I'm like, I'm sorry, because you didn't really want it. You didn't put the time or willing to sacrifice. So <laughs> yeah. I could go on on well, this Well, it's kind of like what you said earlier about Elena and Ilona. It's like people look at them and think, why am I not in that place? Yeah. They've been doing it for like a decade mm -hmm. or more. And, and the Alona, things that they had to sacrifice to get there. Mm -hmm. Alona shared with us what she went through to get where she went. It was very intentional. Like that gal was like meticulous. You can hear about her, it on our her, podcast yeah. and, with our interview with her. In your work too, like it gets better over time with a lot of practice and doing. Yeah. And as long as you're intentional and you're practicing the right habits and stuff, you'll get there. You will. Everyone that's a master at something was once a beginner. Like that's yeah. a really fa a favorite quote of mine, honestly. But it speaks to even you guys with LashCon. That's crazy. You guys are seeing this much growth, but believable. Like I totally could see it. And yeah, it's I'm so exciting. happy for you. We got like Thank I figured you. it out between sponsors, speakers, volunteers, attendees. We will have over 700 people already coming to LashCon. And we're only one That's week crazy. into it. So if it continues at this way, we should have somewhere between 900 and 1,000 people show up at LashCon. It'll be insane. The cool thing, though, is as we were preparing for this talk this uh, with you here right now, we we're realizing that a lot of these things and a lot of these people, um, they kind of grew out of connections from meeting together. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. even at LashCon, a lot of these things blossomed and the synergy that happens when we all get together and our brains are like so creative, it's amazing. So we really do want to encourage that part. One of the biggest reasons why we do LashCon is for the connections. The networking. And the networking. Because of the nature of our work, it's so alone. It's so by yourself in a room. Yeah. We're really cut off for most of the time and then we don't get the benefit of that sharpening that other like beauty professionals tend to get because they're working yeah, together. Yeah, hairstylists all work in a room, can talk, hang out. Manicurists. You work by yourself. You know. Most people work by themselves if they're solo or if they're in the salon. A lot of times they have separate rooms where they work. So it's very isolating, very lonely work it can be. Yeah. So LashCon provides this whole chance to connect and collaborate. And I almost, we, we have never done this. And if I can hunt down all the stories, I want to do this. We'll come LashCon stories or whatever, our collaborations where people met LashCon and then they went on and did a training together or they went on and started a podcast together or they went on and started XYZ, whatever that was. And it's because they met LashCon and got inspired when they met someone else who had a similar passion. Well, one of the lineups uh, that we're offering at LashCon is oh, by right. Lash Booth Collective. And it's three big brands, Ashley from Beautylicious, Gretchen from My Brand Lashes, and, and Soka, Lashes, uh, Soka with Lashes with Jenna Cash. And they, those three gals got together, all competing brands, right? But they loved each other and they all had similar goals. And they combined together to do this Lash Booth Collective. And they've already hosted a couple of workshops. Um, oh, yeah, meetups and greetings. And then they're basically going to host it at LashCon. And they're going to have their first conference next spring march i think it is it's a business conference just but taught by them and that it, it's called lash booth collective because they were all lash booths at lashcon 
Mm, so they all met cute. each other. Yeah. So they met each other and I said, you know what? We all have a passion to, they want to show by example that competing brands can collaborate and support each other and all win. And they wanted to bless other people, lash artists with that modeling. And that's why we see other, th this whole thing. And they're going to be teaching a, a course on Friday night that you can sign up for and uh, learn from them. I just want to brag a little bit about our industry. We were talking with one of our friends from Strategies, Michael Yost, in fact, and he was saying that they work with all different kinds of beauty professionals, not only, you know, um, small businesses, massage, hair, nails, medical spas, physical trainers and stuff like that because they're business coaches. And he said what's very unique about the lash industry is that we, us guys, are all incredibly open and collaborative. He's like yeah. – and they're – no one's jaded in the same way that you see hairdressers mm -hmm. and other industries. And people are so willing to work with each other. We've, he's like, we haven't seen that before. Now, the mm -hmm. energy Joe from Forrest, he mentioned to me, he was another sponsor last year. They do software. And he was like, the lash world is the most fun industry he's wow. ever been around. He says, I've been that. in this industry for like 15, 20 years. His mom owns a salon. His mom is like hairdressing royalty. She's yeah. been on the cover of Magazines. Salon Today, yeah. Maggie the Salon. She's just- She's, she's great. Yeah. And she's a big name in the hair world. So he knows his world. And he's like, no, no, this is a fun group. You guys all seem to really collaborate. You like each other. You support each other. You don't see the same kind of cattiness. I mean, there's some. I'm not going to lie. It's like no cattiness at all. Of course, there's some. It's just not to the same level that you get like in the hair and some of the other beauty services because we're so new. And yeah. I think there's a lot more people, positive influence in our industry. I think people like Jamie have kind of set a different tone. I know you've totally set a tone. We're trying to set a different tone. Allie down at Lash Anarchist is trying to set a different tone. We're trying to be a more inclusive type of brands that say we're all in it together. We're all here to help each other and out. And the pie is big enough. And the mm -hmm. pie is big enough. And that, that, that scarcity mentality doesn't exist in the same way. And it's exciting. It's yes. really, really exciting. So anyhow, that's why if you want to get inspired, you want to collaborate, you want to make some friends, Friends, you should come to LashCon and you should come to Last Boss Conference, which will be, you haven't announced it, but in April, in next April year. next year. So last time we recorded, I was like, it's going to be April of 2022 <laughs> and I'll share more about that. But it's yeah, it'll be April do it of right than yeah. rush something. So. It was just a lot of craziness with the new variant. And I was like, this is not, it's not the good good time. Time. a good time to do it. So if anybody wants to buy a ticket to LashCon, yep website yeah go to www.thelashconference.com if you just type in lash conference i think we're the first thing that pops up mm -hmm. so you'll get a ticket there or go to their instagram at lashcast or at the Lash Conference, either one of those. And there's links there. They can go to our website. And the only ticket, we only have one ticket right now. That's the standard business ticket. VIP is sold out, but $6.97. You can divide into four payments too. So only need to put 25% down now. Yeah. And then over the next four months, three months, make the next payment. So really budget friendly if you're worried about cash flow and you want to spend 800 bucks or 700 bucks right now. You can spend just like 190 I think it is. Just to get Spread the it ticket. out. Just get the ticket. Get your room reserved. Don't have to pay for the room. You just reserve your room. Maybe the only thing you really have to pay for would be a big ticket would be your airline right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, now, maybe you want to wait till ticket prices go down because gas prices are so high. Right. I don't know. Maybe they'll go down a little bit as the year goes, hopefully. Right. But, you know, yeah. There awesome. you go. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so yeah. much. I Thanks, always love Shelby. recording with you guys. It was so much fun. <laughs> so thank fun. you. All right, guys. That's a wrap. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Punch, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Shelby, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. 
Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.